All right, welcome to the Hope City Drip. This is a podcast of our church, Hope City Church. And really the purpose of this podcast is to give you a vision drip, uh, give you a little place that you can listen to and digest uh, the vision and the mission of our local church. And uh, so whether you're a stay-at-home mom and you have littles running around your ankles or you're a shift worker and you got long and weird commutes, we hope this podcast is helpful for you. And so uh, today I'm with Ben and my name is Nick and we are talking about Easter. Actually, we're talking about life after Easter. Uh, Easter was this past Sunday and uh, for a lot of Christians, this has been, uh, it's been a wonderful Easter, at least around here. Um, it's the weather was beautiful. Um, man, I don't know. The weather was great. I feel like there's a sense of um, COVID is coming yeah. to a close. I don't know if it really is uh, in, a, in every place, but at least in Clinton, the numbers are down and there's not as many people in the hospitals. Uh, different businesses around here are starting to um, lift their mask mandates. And I just felt it. I just feel like people were like ready to get back to church. Um, my mom at First Baptist was telling me how folks were just delighted to get back to church. Folks that she hadn't seen for a long time were there. And uh, so I think for a lot of us, especially since last year, uh, Easter was canceled for a lot of churches, yeah. like Easter services. And so this Easter has been just a wonderful breath of fresh air for a lot of people. Um, ben, how was like how was Easter for you? It was great. Like you said, the weather is beautiful. It kind of felt. Uh, I was telling people all day it felt like Mother's Day weekend because uh, yeah. that's like it felt like May because it was so beautiful. It was uh-huh. almost eighty degrees. I mean, we were sweating uh, Easter morning when we yeah. were doing our community thing. So it was great. Yeah, hanging out with fam and and everything. So. When you, uh, yeah, let's just share a little bit. Like, what, what did we do for Easter? Like, what was the thing that Hope City did? So we as a church made breakfast burritos, and then we went to Clinton Park, which is um, the park across from the Central Fire Station, Prince of Peace, mm-hmm. and warmed up the burritos and hung and handed them out to whoever wanted wanted a burrito, and right. got to meet some people and uh, just share share the love of Jesus with everyone. That was, was great. It was really fun. We. Uh, uh, First Baptist let us borrow their massive grill. It's like as big as this table. It's amazing. I felt like uh, I seriously thought about ordering you a pair of uh, New Balances. Oh yeah, I or felt the powerful. <laughs> it's like, dude, I just a pair of tongs, some cargo shorts, and some Air Monarchs, and like you would have owned the town. I probably wouldn't have left. <laughs> I mean, this bad boy had to have dual. It was dual wheeled in the propane tanks. It was just using that much. It there was, was awesome. some serious horsepower going into that grill. Heck yeah. Like, heck yeah. I was just dreaming about future like block parties and different uh, neighborhood events we could do. I mean, you could do anything with that girl. Oh yeah. You put a man on the moon with that girl. Did you give it back to him yet? No, not yet. It's in my Jeep. Oh, we need to have a bro- we need to have a block party <laughs> before you give it back. <laughs> I don't think they'd mind. Um, man, so yeah, we did. We we had an awesome time for Easter. So like for us, it was uh, being outside, uh, like serving the burritos and, and being with people like, I don't know. It just, it felt like you're saying it felt like Jesus is risen. Mm-hmm. It was just happy. It felt, yeah, it felt refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, nothing against a uh, normal Sunday gathering, uh, like established churches can, can do. Uh-huh. Uh, we're just not there yet, or we don't have that available right now. So we get to do cool things like this. And that's right. Um, it's something I think our team will remember for forever. Yeah, it, we're doing church plant stuff. Yeah, and, you know, there's always there's always like church planting stories. I feel like at every everybody I've ever talked to that has been at a church plant or started a church, it's always like, you know, there's always like weird things, always stories you tell. And uh, like we showed up at Clinton Park in the morning, and there was like it was just a sea of trash. They must have had a party there the night before. I mean, it was like a rager party. Yeah. Cause we get there in the morning and it's just, they hadn't been cleaned up yet. So we spent part of the morning just like picking up trash and you know, I'm not saying that cause like, Oh, look at us picking up trash. But it was, it was funny how like, I think so being at a, so at frontier church in Des Moines, our sending church, uh, we were there from the beginning when it planted and we had set up and tear down, you yeah. know, and a, a lot of church plants have to do set up tear down. And I feel like it was, a, it's always a good warm up. You know, I feel like I like the setup time. And so I, I actually kind of enjoyed like cleaning up some of the park. It made me feel like a Boy Scout or something. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, got my serving muscles warmed up. It was sweet. But for you, like for Easter, you're, you grew up sort of around the church, right? Like mm-hmm. your, your family, did they do anything special? Like any rituals, anything that you can remember over the years, like Easter wise? As far as in church or just like as just a in family? general, like oh, as okay. a family, did you have like, I mean, it was pretty do on Easter. No, I mean, it was pretty general Midwest Easter stuff. And I think American Easter stuff, like Easter egg hunt in the morning, yeah. you know, with the fam and then brunch or lunch or dinner, depending on what, who you're meeting up with, with extended family. So mm-hmm. pretty general, nothing too. It wasn't like a set in stone, like we're going to eat this at this time and right. you have to wear this. It was pretty overall over like general arching theme of, of Easter. Yeah. Did you get any presents? Yeah, we had baskets. Nice. Did you? So you got gifts in those baskets? Like more Not than like, food? I mean, we get candy, but it wasn't peeps. like... Did you get peeps in there? No, I didn't. We didn't like peeps. <laughs> I feel like that's the meme no, right now. My thing right now, or my, my candy was the uh, Cadbury eggs. Oh, heck yeah. Dude, those Everybody are loves those. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, but we would get, yeah, we wouldn't get like presents. We'd get like a t-shirt or something like that maybe, but nothing like too extravagant. It wasn't like Christmas morning. Right. Santa wasn't handing his leftover presents to the Easter bunny to, to give us a couple months later. To, I felt like that some years. I swear my grandma was tucking Game Boy games in like oh, my yeah, Easter like basket sometimes, every now and yeah, then. Like, yeah. I, was, I feel like I remember growing up thinking Easter was like this like knockoff Christmas. It was like, oh, I'm going to get some gifts on Easter. But then you ha- we had to dress up more for church. Yeah. Like I felt like uh, growing up in church, like Easter was like this thing I wore my Sunday best. Yeah. And more so than Christmas. Yeah, I think so. Christmas was like, just put a collared shirt on and mm-hmm. it's dark out and I don't know. No one can see you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Easter, I don't know. Yeah, so do you feel like, um, do you do you feel, okay, so Easter, I feel like for a lot of churches has been this high. It's like for a lot of churches, it's a mountaintop experience mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people, I'm just going to throw, I'm not going to name names here, but there's a person in our core team who uh, used the word creasters. We were talking about creasters. For anybody that knows like Christmas and Easter people, like people that show up to churches just on Christmas and Easter, um, I, some people will call them creasters. Well, I said the word creasters uh, the other day, and this person, I will not name names, dear friend of ours, she said, uh, creasters, is that a prominent Clinton family? <laughs> <laughs> so that's been like the running joke for like the last couple of days or the, however since she said that is like... <laughs> We we're going to make up like a, a story of the Creasters. Like, I think I'm, I'm going to do a podcast on the Creasters. I think Gary Harity probably already beat, beat you to it. <laughs> I got some old Clinton books that probably got a big old history of the Creasters. Got some historic homes up on the bluffs. <laughs> I lost it when she said Creasters. I was like, is that some big time Clinton family? Like she was serious. She had never heard that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had never heard it, but I wasn't about to say it was a prominent Clinton when they weren't a river baron. (laughs) Oh, the Creasters. Yeah. Yeah. There's a plaque over there by the Sawmill Museum. It's got the Creasters on it. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, why did I even bring up the Creasters? Oh, because there's people that show up to church on just Christmas and Easter and, or yeah, just Christmas and Easter. And so for a lot of churches, they're like, yeah, let's, let's like make this the most hospitable event of mm-hmm. the year for seeker, uh, folks that are like looking to check out churches. And I think it's a great thing. I think that there's a lot of people out there that, um, don't prioritize church all year. They're fishing or yeah. doing like traveling team sports or whatever, but Easter for whatever reason is like, well, we need to get in church and, and so that drives a lot of, I think, church programs to be even more over the top. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we got to do it big this Easter. And so what I think happens when you try to create such a high mountaintop experience for a lot of people is that there's a come down after mm-hmm. that. There's this, once you've hit the high, there's like, oh boy, oh, when the adrenaline wears off, we're back to the grind. You know, it was Monday, today's Today's Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Monday comes after Easter Sunday, and everybody's got to go back to work. And uh, so I'm just wondering, like, do you experience, like, I don't know if you had, like, a, a high or whatever, but, like, do you ever experience that, like, come down from a, a really mountaintop Easter moment? Um, 
I guess I've never been on a church staff. So as far as like the staff point, looking at that and like the preparation to then seeing it from the other side of like exhaustion and then coming down, I've never had that. Um, I've volunteered at a lot of Easter services. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that, but um, just from my faith, I would say probably last year, Lent was really powerful for me. I uh, did did a new practice and was yeah. following this devotional and was reading through the Gospels. Tell us about that. Uh, I was reading through the, the Gospels in chronological order. So you would read the same story like in, in a day, the same parable or something like that in all four Gospels, if it was in all four or whatever. And then there was a devotional attached to it. So it allowed me to like see things in a whole new way of just smaller details that were left out in one or, you know, something like that. So it was really cool. And I was really powerful time in my life for my face. So then Easter came and ended. And then it was also like right around that time. I can't remember when Easter was last year, if it was March or um, April. I I can't remember, but it was like, you know, COVID like was just hit. So that took like, you know, wind out of a lot of people's sails in every aspect of your life. So after that, it was just more so of a, rearranging to life like new normal so my practices in the morning were different so my come down was different after Mm -hmm. that just because of more so life structure more so than like a spiritual high of like easter and then coming off yeah but as far as like coming off of an easter high i don't know if i've really had that had it in christmas multiple times but not necessarily easter yeah i don't know that i've i i think that yeah i think i've experienced that a little bit like like any any practice, like any habit that you put in place, like ritual or whatever, you're trying to remember something, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I don't know, like it's your birthday. Like when my kids, when my kids have birthdays, it's like, I want, that's going to come every year and I want them to remember that they are special, they're loved, we celebrate them as human beings. And so that yearly reminder is more than just marking an age. It's like, we want to make sure that you're celebrated. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Easter, it's this ritual of remembering the uh, resurrection of Christ. And there's a sense in which it's always Easter because that's yeah. it hasn't changed. Um, but then there is a sense in which you, you are more mindful of that, uh, at least parts of the year, like Easter. You're more mindful of the resurrection. Most, most Christians are more mindful of the resurrection that day. And I think that creates a sense of... Um, like, I don't know, when I think people hit suffering or struggle or even the Monday morning grind or like the Sunday scaries because you got to go back to work, I think it hits harder because you're hitting up this top like, yeah, man, like the resurrected Christ. It's amazing. We should celebrate. And then it's like, but dang, there's still COVID and there's still yeah. <laughs> my job I hate and cancer, the the whatever. Like people are, you, you go back to the struggles of life. Yeah. And, um. And I think it's important, I don't know, I think it's at least important to give voice to that and say, as Christians, you're not weird if you experience the adrenaline high of remembering the resurrection and then also experience the like pit of, dang, the letdown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I saw a tweet or someone Instagrammed a tweet, you know, Inception social media. (laughs) And um, it was talking about like, sermons on easter and Uh how if you're making it about you and how you can resurrect and turn your life around and stuff and not making all about jesus then you're getting it wrong Hmm. and i was like wow like that's good Mm -hmm. and true but so i was thinking about that when you're talking about going the sunday scaries or monday morning or you know life is you're still suffering and how does the resurrection so easter like you let's say i'm new to my faith i go to go to church and I hear Jesus has risen and I kind of get a little implication on that. And then I go the next morning. How does that work or how does that apply to my life? The resurrection of Jesus apply to my life. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I feel like one of the things I've noticed when I've scrolled through social media on Easter posts is that Jesus is seen as like an example Mm -hmm. Uh, like, oh, Jesus overcame the grave. And that primarily means that you can overcome things too. And that's true in the sense that you also are given the spirit. Like, so here's the like theological mechanics of this is that first and foremost, Easter was an event that happened. It was a historical event that we can point back to and say, Jesus rose from the grave 2000 years ago. 
And theologically, that means that there is, um, there is a, Jesus proved that he's king. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, uh, like some theologians call it vindication. So Jesus like lived his life and he, uh, he healed people, he taught, he did a bunch of cool stuff. And then he was sort of dropping hints that he was going to die and the kingdom of God is coming and is in their midst and something earth shattering was yeah. going to happen. And everyone was kind of like, I don't know. But Peter was like, remember that scene where uh, Jesus is like, who do you, who, who do you think I am? These people mm-hmm. are saying this and th- these people are saying this. And Peter's like, you're the Christ. And that means that he's God's anointed Messiah to bring about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so Peter kind of got it right there, but th- nobody really knew yet. And then when he died, it was like, what's going on here? I thought he was going to bring in peace on earth and bring welfare to Israel and restore the kingdom. Yeah. And it didn't happen the way they thought it would. And then he resurrected from the grave and it was like, oh, that's how he's conquering things. Mm-hmm. So what he ended up doing was like he beat sin he uh, conquered the grave, like he conquered, um, like the spiritual problems. Um, and first and foremost, the resurrection represents um, the finished work of Christ. Like it is finished. Like one of the gospel narratives, the last thing that I think it's John. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you know, but like I, in the end of John, <laughs> let me look. At, at the end of one of the gospels, Jesus cries out, "It is finished." And what that means is that all of the the work needed to like all the work that needed to be done to make human beings right with god to to make them justified um, has been accomplished and so the resurrection is this thing we can point to and say look jesus overcame and that means that i don't have to strive and work to be right with god i access um I access like being being seen as right before God and being able to go to heaven with God. Um, I'm able to get there because I have faith in what Jesus did. And so first and foremost, the resurrection is sort of this proof that like we're justified by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the sense in which, so there's something that we immediately have access to spiritually. And I want to like, so first Peter says that Christians um, are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So that, I just want to pause there for a second. So it is right to be able to say, yes, we celebrate because we're born again. We have new life. We have a second chance. All things have been made new. Like we, we are being washed by the blood of Jesus. Like we have a new beginning, second chance, right? And, uh, and we can point to the resurrection and say, um, yes, I believe in that. And that means I also will overcome addiction, I'll overcome my struggles with illness and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's really important to be able to say, like, there's, we still have a future, like, there's still something going to happen in the future. Like, Um, don't just tie that narrative to this life. Yeah, exactly. Because then the come down will be hard. Oh, yeah. It's like, especially if you're new to Christianity, you're listening to, like, let's just say you're a Christer and you rolled up into Easter service somewhere and you heard this amazing resurrection message and you you left that church and, you know, because you're a Christer, you're not coming back for a while. You got other things going on in your life and you're like, cool, I can overcome everything. Now you're going to, like, go back to your life trying to access that resurrection power, but you're not really sure, like, what's the difference between what I can have now yeah. and what... I need to be patient and wait for the future. Mm-hmm. And so Peter kind of says that you're born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, which is being kept in heaven for you, uh, who by God's power is being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So like the way, the easiest way to think of it is that like spiritually, we have the resurrection power living inside of us, but physically we're still wasting away. Yeah. And and so physically, like we will experience resurrection from the dead um, later. But like spiritually, we have this new like new life in us right now. So we yeah. so Paul says in Romans eight, like the resurrection power that rose Christ from the dead is living in you mm-hmm. like, right now. So I don't know, like for you, like as you've been walking with Jesus for a little while, like what are some things that what do you celebrate 
as like being a person of the resurrection. Like you, you, you have this resurrection power inside you. Like, why does that cause you to celebrate? Like, why is that good news to you? I think something, especially lately with it. And I've, I was reading, I was talking with a friend over the weekend. I was, we were just talking about this beforehand. Um, a friend I have in Austin has, um, found out in the last year, she's got some bad health issues. So she was talking about the context of Easter and with her suffering. And it just really put a lot of language to, to what I've been feeling that it gives me, this is where our hope is that because of what Jesus did, because of what he did on the cross and because three days later he rose, I know that my suffering is not my end because Mm -hmm. I have access with him and, or my, yeah, my suffering is not my end. And then I've asked, sorry, I got like made sure I corrected myself. Um, but then at one like one day it's I'm not going to suffer yeah. because he conquered death then I'm going to be able to conquer death because I have that same spirit that death is not the end for me and there's more to come right like abundantly more yes like what Paul Paul phrases it this way he says um, in fact Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep for as by a man came death by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. Uh, so what he's saying is that we've we've inherited sin from our four four parents, like people that came before us, Adam and Eve. Uh, we've inherited their sin, mm-hmm. and so that's the problem, right? We all have sin, but he said that Paul says that. Well, we look at Jesus and what Jesus accomplished in his resurrection. He becomes this second Adam that we inherit all of the good things from Jesus. It says, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. That's a huge chorus that we all celebrate during resurrection season is like, we've been made alive in Christ. And, it's, and he says that Christ is the first fruit. So like what he's saying metaphorically is that Christ is the first bloom of the plant. And, but we're also on this f- same like v- trellis and we also will bloom too. And so for someone that has cancer or whatever, like whatever the suffering is, um, we know that this isn't the end. And that's why in the cemetery, I was explaining this to Tenley, um, my daughter. We were we ate some Culver's and, you know, Culver's, come on. I said Culver's to somebody and they were like, Culver's? Ooh, I haven't had Culver's in years. I was like, you're not even... You haven't lived. Come on, get out of here. Oh, what's, what's next? You're going to tell me you go to Davenport and you don't get Chick-fil-A? <laughs> <laughs> no, for a fact, you're lying if you don't. <laughs> so we went and got Culver's and then we went over to Clinton Lawn... Uh, cemetery. I, I kind of like going to cemeteries every now and then because usually like the the grounds are beautiful. Oh yeah. And so we drove into Clinton Lawn, sat next to the the mausoleum, that big sort of stone structure that's mm-hmm. there. And Tenley was asking me questions about like who's in there and what's what are these graves? And why are there why are the stones here? And why is there flowers here? And uh, and I was just trying to explain to her like part of the reason why people are buried bodily is because it's this practice that we we put in place to remember that these people will rise one day and we know that the power i mean the power of god can reanimate atoms and people that have been cremated died at sea died in flames whatever like god can rebuild and resurrect a human body no matter how decayed and spread Mm -hmm. out they are but that's one of the main reasons why we put bodies in the grave is because one day they will rise again. Mm-hmm. And uh, those who are in Christ. So that's why Jesus being the first fruits, rising from the grave and getting out of the tomb, um, I was kind of trying to tell Tenley, like, people will walk out of this, this mausoleum. You know, if they believed in Jesus, then one day they will, you know, I don't know how that's going to look. It's going to be sweet if it happens this way. But they're like, I'm imagining them like opening the doors when Christ resurrects them from the grave when when you know he comes back and returns and all things are made new and made right but until that day happens we're waiting and i think that's what makes life uncomfortable even after easter because we celebrate this big easter thing and then we live in the already not yet kingdom where christ is resurrected but he's not yet returned to resurrect us and so we have the spirit, we have a spiritual resurrection, like inside of us, we have the spirit of God, the power, the resurrection power is living in us, but outside we're wasting away, waiting for our bodily resurrection. And I think that makes it uncomfortable. Um, 
you know, Paul says that creation itself is even groaning, right? Like yeah. the, the grass and the trees and all of this creation is groaning, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. And that's, that's the, another way to phrase they're waiting for um, us to be resurrected, the children of God to finally become resurrected because when that happens, all of creation will be restored. And that's the beauty of the resurrection. It's not just, it's not just a metaphor. It's it's an actual, like Jesus's resurrection is a foreshadowing of an actual thing, like his actual resurrection foreshadows and and proves that we will also mm-hmm. one day resurrect bodily. And it's a very tangible thing. So, I think um, for a lot of years I like tended to hyper spiritualize it. Like I tended to just use it as sort of a, a feel good, like, like, I don't know, like, yeah, Jesus resurrected and it's more of like a, it's more of a metaphor. Jesus overcame yeah. and <clears throat> rose from the grave. And so I can rise from adversity too. And I can go, you know, to the gym and I can like lift a bunch of weights and I can, I can hit my goals. So it's almost like a new year's. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like another Christian new year's like, all right, cool. Like let's Christian new let's reorient it's another time for christians to sort of reorient and set goals and yeah i don't know Uh, that's a good point it's like uh (laughs) it's like running um a marathon and like the last mile you're like i can do all things through christ who strengthens me (laughs) that's right that's right jesus Uh, rose from the grave uh, i can run finish this i'm not saying i've done that but i know some people have done that so (laughs) I'm not saying <laughs> Sunday afternoon I wasn't in my full focus planner setting goals. <laughs> <laughs> Writing at the top, he is risen, so can I. That's right. So can these goals. That's right. So, was, so you were talking about, this is like super delayed out of what we were just talking about, but you were talking about the bodies coming out of the mausoleum and remind me of, uh, in Matthew it talks about when the veil was torn mm-hmm. and there was, it says, uh, Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection and went to the holy city and appeared to many. That like yeah. at that time there was it was like a glimpse. Yes. It was like a sneak peek of what's to come. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like another foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see that in, in the life of Jesus. Uh he's doing the healings, he's teaching people incredible teachings. Like he's just cutting right to the heart of the center of reality, right? And uh he's casting out demons. And it's all this you know, it's all this, uh, when Jesus, wherever Jesus gets his way, that's the kingdom of God. You know, like there won't be any sickness and, you know, there won't be any death. There won't be any cancer. There won't be any demons, hunger, um, loneliness, like none of that stuff will, will be in heaven. Yeah. And, um, the resurrection is this moment where we can point to and say, Oop, there's a glimpse of what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's the whole thing is it's all about Jesus. The whole thing is about Jesus. And I think that, I think it's a subtle, it's a subtle move to, to make it about ourselves. You know, like, I think it's a subtle thing like, oh yeah, Jesus rose from the grave. So I can also overcome things that that's true, but it's first and foremost, the resurrect Easter has to be about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get, let's, um, on that same subject. So let's talk about. Cause I'm, I'm this, I, I do this. So if you're in a season of suffering and what does that really mean then? Like you're, today's the day after Easter, you know, you're in a season of suffering, whatever kind, not to belittle your suffering, but you're in a season of suffering. Like, yeah, you understand the resurrection. You understand it. You've heard it a billion times, Mm -hmm. but what is that implication for you, for me? To actually grasp and always remember rather than just like knowing it as like a a back thought, like a subconscious thought. Like what does it really mean, the resurrection really mean like today, the day after Easter to to us that are like suffering? Oh, that's a good question because I'm thinking of a Bible verse right now. I'm pretty sure it's in one of the Corinthians uh, where it's like our outer self is being is wasting away, Mm -hmm. but our inner self is being renewed day by day. Uh, fudge. Where is that at? I would look on my phone, but it's... We're using it to record. We're using it to record. That's right. Um, You're welcome. Man, I'm just a a slave. I'm shackled to my phone trying to, like, Google Bible verses. (laughs) 
I might have it underlined. Yeah, this is a new Bible. I don't have any wear and tear. I think it. it's Second Corinthians for people out there that are probably just dying right now, thinking they already knew where it was. Yep, Second Corinthians. Because this, okay. So your question was about like it was about suffering, yeah, right? So like us, like living. You're in this normal life, like. You get this glimpse of heaven, you know, of what's to yeah. come at your Easter service, which is fantastic. Yep. And then Monday comes, or your Sunday scaries, your mm-hmm. Moody Mondays, whatever, the Moody Mondays. whatever alliteration or whatever it's called you want to use. Like, what's it mean then? What's the resurrection mean for us now? Whether you're suffering physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or if you're just like realizing, I have a pretty good life, but like, still kind of sucks like yeah i still see decay i still see sickness i still see covid yeah. you know still watch the news i still see unrest well here's what pastor paul would say pastor paul the apostle he would say do not lose heart though our outer self this is second corinthians 4 uh what is this verse 16 uh do not lose heart though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day so the inner self is this is the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it it can't be overstated that um, the main thing is Jesus. Like what Jesus did on the cross, fundamentally, was that it helped um, it helped us get near to God. We now have a relationship. Like the, that old saying, "It's not a religion; it's a relationship." So the resurrection is this moment where like Jesus now allows you to come into contact with God. You have the resurrection spirit living inside of you. So um, Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So um, that is a force that renews your inner life. And so your inner life would be things like um, peace, joy, um, gentleness, patience, kindness, mercy, like, so it would be like dispositions of your heart, um, mindsets, things like that. So that's a, that's the battleground that you can like, you can do battle in. Like if you're having a struggle with like your job, you may not be able to change your circumstances, like yeah. going to work and pushing the same buttons and doing things you don't like, or people that are like John at you, you have coworker that is really annoying or whatever. But what you can change is, um, praying to God and leaning into the spirit, like in those moments, like, okay, so one of my, the worst jobs I've ever had in my life were usually the times of best spiritual, like, like the best spiritual seasons I've ever had. Like, for example, I was working as at target distribution center in Cedar Falls and I was just loading trucks all day, every day. I worked this job for not that long. I don't know. It was like eight months or something. It was good money. But I was just stacking truck, uh, stacking boxes and trucks. And it was really like you were responsible for a handful of trucks and I was working outbound. And so it was like I got all the packages coming to me and uh, put them on this tractor trailer before it went to the store. Well, it was like really high paced and you worked alone. You mm-hmm. didn't really, you didn't have a partner yeah. and you couldn't wear headphones. And so it was like just you and the hum of the conveyor belt in this warehouse with no windows and you're just stacking boxes. And for me, I was, and you were work, I was working 10 hour shifts and I was like, this kind of stinks. I didn't like going to work. And one of the things I did though, was sometimes I would memorize scripture. I'd come in with Psalm 23 or Romans eight. I tried to memorize Romans eight. I've tried memorizing Romans eight over the years, yeah. number of times. And I get like halfway through and then I like, I don't know, Peter out or something. But I feel like most that's like I'm not saying this sarcastically or cynical, but that's like most Christians I've heard that from. Like I've tried to like I've memorized or I've tried to memorize Romans eight. Yeah, because it's a theological beehive. There's so much honey there. It's amazing. I don't know. I was just trying to think of some metaphor, but it's like packed. It's meaty. (laughs) Um, But. I don't know. But so spiritually, I was leaning into the Lord. Like I had, I was near, I felt near to God mm-hmm. and I was being renewed day by day in that tractor trailer, even though out my outer self was, you know, wasting away, whatever. Um, your outer self wasting away, who, I don't know if you're listening to this and you have, you have something going on in your life. Maybe you're on hospice or maybe you have 
an injury or there's something you really feel your outer self wasting away. Well, the good news is that starting right now, your inner self is being renewed. So Mm -hmm. God is working on you, renewing you every single day. And it says, for this light and momentary affliction, it's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So it's like the the New Testament writers constantly talk about how there's there you can't even compare the suffering that we're going through with the what heaven will be like. Um when God renews all things, when you finally come into um heaven and you're with God and there's no more faith because he's right there, uh, that there will be nothing that compares to that. It won't be like oh, I get to sit down and rest now. It's like the pleasure and the happiness and the joy. Like uh, Psalm 16, David says that in your in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand is pleasures forevermore. I mean, it's like anything that you've experienced in this life that feels good, it's going to be infinitely mm-hmm. more than that. And so that's why they say confidently, look, there's not even going to be a comparison. The glory that you are able to walk into when this all comes to an end is weighty beyond all comparison. And uh, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. So again, that's another piece of pastoral wisdom from Pastor Paul is one of the ways you can fight the whatever you're going through. It's discouragement, cynicism, apathy, whatever, is that don't focus on that stuff. Focus, says focus um, on the things that are unseen, not the things that are seen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the resurrection, we have to have this already not yet perspective. Otherwise, we're going to go crazy. Yeah. We So I feel like we've erred on the side of the, the not yet, but like you also can't go that far either. Like you can't go where you only focus on the things that are unseen. Mm-hmm. Because we can go backwards and look. I mean, the reason we're celebrating Easter is because 2,000 years ago, Jesus accomplished this wonderful thing. And so we need to look at that and say, yes, now I have access to the power of God living inside me, renewing me, giving me more joy. It's possible that I can be more attentive to my wife and more present with my children, even though my body may be, like my knees may be shot and I got cancer and my job stinks, like whatever it may be, it is possible to find more joy because of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And that we know that that little bit that's working on us, that little foretaste that we're experiencing will come into full bloom when Jesus comes back and our bodies will be resurrected. But until that happens, we're, I mean, we have to be patient. We can't take that out of the Christian faith. Like there is a unashamed call to be patient in the midst of suffering. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's not fully here, man. Like the resurrection is just not all, it's not all here. It's happened, but it hasn't fully happened with you. It's happened with Jesus, you know? So I don't know. What are some practices that you put in place to be mindful of Easter? Like even when it's not Easter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to be mindful of the resurrected Christ. What are some practices that you put in place? And maybe you don't even say like, this is my, <laughs> this is my Easter resurrection this is practice. Resurrection ritual. Yeah. But like, what are some things that keep you mindful of the risen savior? Aside from having positive vibes. Because that's like the secular, that would be like the secular advice. How do I stay mindful of the resurrection? To a secular person, it'd be like basically saying, how do I stay mindful of positive things um, and be happy? Well, just have good vibes and have good thoughts. That's not what we're saying. I I guess for me, I, I the first thing that comes to mind is like the convictions that I have that I wouldn't have if I didn't have faith. Like the spirit, like knowing that the Holy Spirit is inside me and he's... Um, renewing me mm-hmm. like it says like we just read in first corinthians like if it wasn't if jesus didn't raise from the dead and this was all just like a fluke i wouldn't be having these convictions to be as what the world would call a good person you know like or and or be more righteous mm. i would be probably out doing a lot of things that i wouldn't be doing right now and be thinking a lot more things and doing a lot of more stupid stuff that'd be a lot more fun than what i'm doing right now but mm because of what Jesus did and because he gave me access to him directly and gave me access to the Holy Spirit, that's how I know. So even on the days where I'm apathetic and I'm depressed and I don't want to do this anymore, I still like know in my, 
I have, I have a mentor that says, know in my knower. You know, you know when you know her. <laughs> That's some Dr. Seuss stuff and, right there. Uh, um, <laughs> like, so it's like, even when I want to walk away, yeah. my, like, the leash is too short. Like, I know too much. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. There's also that, there's also that line in there that, like, we should be pitied. We should be pitied above all other people if the resurrection is not real. Because, yeah, like, go and eat and drink and be happy. If like Jesus really isn't risen, there's no reason to be focused on the unseen. Yeah. The things that will happen in the future when. Because if you're focusing on, like if you're a Christian and you focus on the resurrection as stuff in this life, Mm -hmm. like, man, you could do a lot more fun things probably like, and enjoy this life a lot more if you, I don't want like people like to say that and be like, oh, I'm going to invent my faith. But you know, if you look on surface level, as far as like what people consider fun and not in this life not being a Christian is probably going to win that battle on surface level as far as where that actually gets you and stuff is where, right. but like you have to look beyond, beyond the grave. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? You, you reminded me of some old show tales from the crypts or something like that. What, like Nickelodeon. Uh, no. Um, uh, Oh my gosh. I'll think of it. We got to, well, okay, so one of the things that I'll, I don't know, one of my last thoughts on this was um, more more pastoral advice from Paul. He says, uh, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable. This is 1 Corinthians 15, the end of the chapter. It says, uh, be, be steadfast and immovable. So basically just like have endurance, keep with it, keep fighting the good fight, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So what he's saying here is doing, I'm just going to put it as simple as I can put it, because of the resurrection, doing the right thing and doing things that please God, living in that way, it matters. Mm -hmm. And it matters beyond what you will experience in this life. Yeah. So for example, um, let's say, you're driving down the road and you see a child crying. The child has no idea where its mom is. Just got dropped off from school and there was a miscommunication with the parents and the child is there crying. She's five years old or something. And you drive by and you're like, I should probably stop and see what's going on. So you stop and you ask the child and she's like, I don't, I don't know where my mom is. She kind of has a vague idea where she lives. And so you kind of walk her down the street and and you get her home safely. Somehow, like grandma comes out and she's like, oh my gosh, I just, what, you know, whatever. There's a miscommunication. You get the child home. And, um, but let's just say uh, nobody knows that you did that. Like, who, hmm. like, well, what's your reward? You know, yeah. like, you're not, let's say you don't get featured in the Clinton Herald and uh, you, you don't have any sort of fanfare. You didn't post it on Facebook. What's the point? Of doing anything like yeah. that. Well, doing it because it's the right thing. Yeah, you do it because it's the right thing, I suppose. But really, what's the point? Well, the Bible says is that doing what's right is not in vain um, because all of that will ring out and echo into eternity. Like yeah. it will matter. Some some mysterious and awesome way that's going to carry over into the resurrected life. Um, and, and we know that because Jesus... His resurrection, like this whole chapter, Paul's been talking about the resurrection. And uh, and he ends it with, therefore, be, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Because one day you will get into this place called heaven with God and all things will be made right. And and it, we, we will just, our works will carry into that in a really cool way. That relates. I was just thinking about this, that the resurrection, kind of getting back to that, it, with that, the veil was torn and we have access, we have the Holy Spirit, that it allows us to love like Jesus did. Yeah. It gives us that power. I've been watching, um, I think like probably the whole Christian world has been watching The Chosen. Yeah. Um, and it's been, that is so good. Yeah. And just seeing like Jesus and the way that they um, depict him is so, it's so like probably groundbreaking and life-changing for a lot of people that kind of read the gospels as like a mean Jesus, but really like 
you really get to see his love and his intentionality and his humor. Yeah. And we get to do that now because we have that power. But then also because he raised from the dead and gave us eternal life through that, we get to go hang out with that Jesus in person. That's right. When we like when we resurrect or when he comes back, whatever comes first. That's right. Yeah. That was this. So this is part of why I was so excited to do our Easter celebration the way we did it is because the resurrection is this moment where Jesus is is proved to be our savior, Mm -hmm. rescues us from the grave and rescues us from sin. But he also proves that he's king. They really is king and not Caesar. He's king and not Biden. He's king and not Mao or, you know, um, whatever. Any leader, Jesus is above that. He's the king of kings. And the resurrection proved that. And so wherever Jesus is king, um, people flourish and there is love. Like like when Jesus said, um, pray that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, the Lord's prayer. Like we can pray that with confidence because Jesus is king. Yeah, you know. Otherwise, it's just co- sort of like, well, we just try hard and see what happens. We don't. We know what's going to happen. We try hard. We have endurance, knowing that God is is he's Jesus is already crowned king. He's ascended. This is why a good theology of the ascension is critical, is because the ascension is this kingly moment where the king was raised to the right hand of the Father and now he rules and reigns, and so. Like what we do, like feeding hungry people in the park, to me seems like an implication of Jesus as king. Mm-hmm. How do his people live in that kingdom? Well, they they live intentionally seeking the lost. They live intentionally seeking out and telling people the good news that Jesus is really king. And that means there's good news for the poor. There's good news for the hungry. There's good news for the unloved and the hopeless. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I think a good theology of the resurrection motivates mission in a really cool way because it gives us confidence that like, yes, this matters. Like, uh, like do it, like do your labor is not in vain. Um, so that was where I was at on Sunday. I was Mm -hmm. like, awesome. The resurrection, like it's, there's, there's so many cool things that this opens up Yeah, because of that. Um, so I don't know. Do you have any parting thoughts on the day after Easter, thinking thinking mm. through that. I just thought of this as like not related, but you were talking about our Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered being seeing when we were on the corner on the opposite side of the park and we were like raising paper signs that said free burritos, like trying to get people in and uh, seeing um, a lot of elderly people, you know, dressed in their Sunday's best going to church and yeah. um, not anything against like the Sunday's best part, but uh, we were talking about refreshing with covid like you know we're on the backside of that like seeing elderly people out again and going to church and doing that stuff it was like really refreshing to see it was almost like a glimpse of normalcy yeah again that was really cool to see that is cool yeah that one day we won't have to wear masks in heaven and hopefully like you know at ace hardware i guess i don't have to wear a mask so that's kind of like heaven I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Ace Hardware and Clinton is like heaven, but that's just one of them, I think. Where else are you going to get your Traeger pellets and your Scott's Turf <laughs> turf Guard? Nowhere. They're Nowhere. not paying us to do... You know, say Ace Hardware didn't call us and say, what is the place? What's it called? What's the name? Sorry. I just like, I have to see, follow this thought through. Of like the name of the Ace yes. Hardware? <laughs> I don't know. Any, whatever. I know what you're talking about. I don't whatever. Know what name, Great local business. Um, Go support it. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't have any other parting thoughts other than um, whatever Paul said is exactly what I would encourage people with is that like focus on the focus on what's unseen. The unseen is uh, like the, what the resurrection will bring about when mm-hmm. we all are joining Jesus in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so there's that hopeful focus. And Peter says, we've been born again to this this hope, this living hope. It's a living hope. It's like the Savior is, a, is alive and we're also alive. The hope, like we have the Holy Spirit. And so we, it's not a static hope. It's not a like every day stinks. And I, I'm just like wishful thinking that it will one day mm-hmm. get better. No, it's like already started getting better. There's a cool um, a children's book, Sally Lloyd-Jones, Jones, I'm pretty sure it's in the Jesus Storybook Bible. 
the way she talks about the resurrection is that death is working backwards. It's already happened. It's working backwards in our life. Outer self is wasting away, but the inner self is is renewing day by day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like not super encouraged by Christianity and your life with Jesus has been super stale, I would challenge you to really sit in and be mindful of the resurrection. Like just sit and realize like, you don't have to work for that. Like yeah. Jesus has already accomplished that. And it is through faith, by faith alone, that you access that spirit. And and so that can be accessed right now. Literally right now, you can stop us rambling and you can be like, all right, God, I just want to be more mindful of this power. I want that power in my life. And we have that. We can have access to that. Even though we may not have access to our resurrection bodies like right now, unless Jesus were to come back. But right now we've he's not back yet but right now we can have access to this power of, of the spirit in us right now renewing us day by day so any other thoughts any other local business we want to plug <laughs> <laughs> start taking ad space in our podcast um no i was thinking so that i was thinking the whole time we were talking about it before this the song um all because of christ oh that's right by yeah. austin stone is it o'donnell Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I have a hard time listening to you when you talk. No, I'm just kidding. All okay. because of Christ. I love that song. Yeah. But that's like, if you want to, if you're, I guess I'm, I learn, I don't want to say learn, but resonate a lot with song and lyrics and stuff because people are better at putting things to words than I am. That is real. It was real. I listened to that yesterday a couple times last night and it was just really cool to see. Yeah. It depicts like, life with the resurrection i think really well yeah that like the, because of I what stay be, the course yeah. and make it home if my heart is overwhelmed peace in the storm it's all because yeah when my heart is overwhelmed uh i will have peace in the midst of storm in the storm um, because it's all because of christ because of christ i'm not forsaken yeah so it's like yeah we have access to that's the gospel that's why mm -hmm. jesus came in and he's proclaiming the good news like yeah, if if the gospel is not good to it, if Easter is not good news to us now, then we don't understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. Like the gospel, yes, we have access to that now. There's things that distract us and cloud us from from that, but like we get down to it. Like when we can see the gospel clearly, like the resurrection has so many implications for the right now, and it gives us secure hope for the future. Yeah, which helps us endure through all the my job stinks and yeah, we're not just in a waiting room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I guess I have. We figured out the mystery mm -hmm. of the Ace Hardware, and uh, we've given the last word on the resurrection. I mean, we don't need to talk about the resurrection again. Like, we just covered it. Yeah. All of it. See you in 365 days. It's our, <laughs> <laughs> our last podcast. <laughs> all right. So, whether you're a member of our local church or not, uh, we just hope that this podcast served to help you. Um, put more meat on the bones to the resurrection and how you can be encouraged by that every day, even not on Easter. And that we hope that this, uh, this all helps you live for the glory of Jesus and the joy of your local community.